On this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast, Will Schnabel, Katie Ganey, and myself review The Wolf of Wall Street, directed by Martin Scorsese, and starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill. We'll tell you what we liked and also what we didn't like about the movie, and if this movie will be nominated for any Oscars. That's coming up on this episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. So I think if we short Pfizer, that's $30,000 in one month, Jordy? Huh? Their business expenses. Yes. Jordy, look what you got here. What? Look at this. $26,000 for one dinner. No, no, no. This could be explained. Dad, we had client. We had Pfizer, the Pfizer, Pfizer clients. Right. The porterhouse from mm-hmm. Argentina. The expensive champagne and the wine. We had to buy champagne. And, and you go ordered all the sides. Tell them about the sides. I ordered the sides. So sides? Sides? $26,000 worth of sides? What are these sides? They cure cancer? The sides did cure cancer. That's the problem. They were there. That's why they were expensive. <laughs> Shut up. I'm serious. I know. Stop. <laughs> Welcome to episode number 10 of the Silver Screen Podcast. 10 of these so far. I consider this a milestone episode. That clip you just heard was from Wolf of Wall Street, which is the movie that we are reviewing today, directed by Martin Scorsese, starring Leonardo DiCaprio and Jonah Hill, among others. And joining me once again for this podcast, Will Schnabel again. Hello, Will. Jared, how you doing? Number 10. Yes, number 10. Double digits. <laughs> <laughs> and Katie Ganey is back as well for this one. Hello. I'm excited to be part of the Milestone episode. Okay. So getting into Wolf of Wall Street, a uh, little disclaimer before we start talking about this movie. This movie is quite an intense movie. Uh, it's rated R. But it is a very hard R. It was almost rated NC-17. And the reasoning for the MPAA behind why it's rated R is for sexual content, drug use, language, and some violence. So just a little bit of word of warning as we get into talking about this and also the movie as a whole. Like, it was almost a little too much for me to go watch this movie Mm because it was, like, really intense at times. So that's just something I wanted to throw out there before we get started. Though, uh, the basis of the movie, the synopsis, it is based on the true story of Jordan Belfort, who was played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and he was a wealthy stockbroker. He started out by selling penny stocks, and that is what got him into the stock market game, and then he opened up his own uh, firm and everything. And then eventually all that catches up with him and he has to, uh, he commits crimes and there's corruption and all kinds of stuff that happens. So it's like a rise and then like probably with about an hour left in the movie, it just kind of starts falling down for him and it starts going really negative. So uh, some things I liked about the movie, the cast of this movie, it has a great cast all the way around, starting with Leonardo DiCaprio. He was great. Um, It's a very demanding role for Leonardo DiCaprio. When you watch this movie, there's a lot of things that happen that it seems like it would be very exhausting for him to do. And he just like pours himself out into every single scene. And uh, there's a few parts in the movie. One thing I really liked is when he gives his speeches to his sales team um, out in his office. Those are like five, six minutes a piece, but it's just DiCaprio talking, but you really, he comes across very well as his character and you're engaged that whole time that he's giving the speech. Then there's another scene that I don't want to spoil but he's feeling the over the after effects of some drugs that he's taken and he has to drive himself home and the acting he does in that scene is just incredible as well. But Leonardo DiCaprio is one of my favorite actors, might be my favorite actor that's in making movies today. So, what do you guys think about his Anyone role? who knows me oh. knows I got a huge <laughs> a, a man crush you can see from space on Leonardo <laughs> DiCaprio and I I think he is absolutely fantastic. He's known as kind of this pretty boy around Hollywood, I think, but mm-hmm. he's so good and yeah. um he's been ever since What's Eating Gilbert Grapes, he's had a string of just fantastic films he's done and he's teamed up with Scorsese a lot, four or five yeah, times yeah. something like that. So, it's it's pretty ridiculous. I, the word here is excessive, 
And I <laughs> think absolutely. <laughs> I think at its core, that is just everything you listed about why the MPA rated it R. Everything about what you just said, it's all you could say excessive before all of it because it's just it's so much. And it really is. All of it is. I think the word you used was overwhelming. I would completely agree with that. I don't know how long it, it took to film this. Um, I could see this having taken several months to film. It's three hours long, by the way. So, I mean, it's a long movie, and they filmed it. I don't think they probably didn't film it in order, which you have to think when the, you see the performances, like, that has to be even more demanding because you go from filming this, like, normal scene to now we're in the climax and there's all kinds of stuff happening. and mm-hmm. So that's really difficult. But, yeah, like you said, it had to take, like, quite a few months to film this movie because there's just so much going on. And they pushed the release date back a couple times, Like, right? twice, I think. Yes. What? It was going to come out around Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, time. okay. And then they pushed it back. Yeah. Yeah. But Leo's great. I mean, Leo, oh. you certainly won't hear me complaining about Leo. I, I could sit there and watch him for many more than three hours if I had to. <laughs> I agree. I wanted to say, too, about the R. I was thinking violence was the very least of their worries. Like, some violence, yeah. And, yeah. And Scorsese has filmed some rather violent movies, but that was absolutely – there was. I think there was hardly violence in this movie. It was everything else. Yeah. But Leonardo DiCaprio has amazed me in pretty much every movie. Um, and then we learned in, in theater and stuff, monologues, it's hard to keep people entertained, especially five to six whole minutes just talking by yourself. And he was interesting the entire time he was doing that. So And he was sober um, in the yeah. movie for a lot of those. Yeah. Like those weren't yeah. when he was coked out or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I, those were those were fantastic. And if he is going to win an Oscar for this movie, which I will talk about later, I'm sure, mm-hmm. those are the kind of scenes that I think he will yeah. win it for. So I'll be curious to see how that all shakes out. Yep. But you have to think, and we even talked about this a little bit after we were done, but like Scorsese seems like this really sweet, nice little old man that you're just like, oh, <laughs> I'd 70. love to work yeah. with and Scorsese. He's, a grandpa. he's known for like his family get togethers and stuff. And then he's like, okay, we got to film this scene where it's time to snort some cocaine, Leo. So go ahead. And you're just like, you just can't really picture like Scorsese makes deep, dark films like The Departed and other things like that. But his last movie was like Hugo, which was kind of a little bit of a twist for him. But mm-hmm. I think he's, his reason behind that one of the reasons was he wanted something his like grandkids and his could see and stuff that he could see their see his work but they can't they definitely can't go see this so but i mean it's just it's kind of interesting coming from that type of a director that this movie is like so heavy and everything i I, just thought i'm all for pushing yourself artistically and like trying new things Mm -hmm. but my goodness uh we talked a lot in the last last week about saving mr banks we talked about how we weren't expecting it to be that intense like this is just that on steroids i mean yeah. i was expecting <laughs> oh, like man. a pretty wild ride a, a lot of a lot of sex a lot of drugs a lot of alcohol and, and it has all that but i mean that that all happened in the first like 25 minutes and then i was like we still have two and a half hours yeah. of this like mm-hmm. it's a crazy ride and i, I will say uh, it's three hours it doesn't feel like three no hours. it doesn't true. it really doesn't it it, it it flew by pretty fast but, uh, but it's a lot. <laughs> I tried to think of another movie that ever made me feel this way, this overwhelmed, and I really can't think of many. I, I, I honestly can't. Zero Dark Thirty was pretty dark. Um, there were some torture scenes that were intense, but yeah. I, I can't. After I watched The Passion of the Christ, I was like, okay, I yeah. had that feeling. But like, that's completely different topic than mm-hmm. like this movie. But I was just like exhausted after this movie. Like I just had to take like f- 10, 15 minutes and just like calm myself down or whatever. Because yeah. it was just so insane watching the whole the whole thing. Yeah. And, and Leo's last movie was The Great Gatsby. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. is that same opulent excessiveness, like mm-hmm. just fame, fortune. And it's just so it's so different. Like, I mean, yeah. The Great Gatsby, um, I, which I liked. Uh, I know some people some people didn't, some people didn't. Yeah, I haven't I, seen it, so. I, I loved I, it. He was very charismatic, though, very Leo. Um, but he just, he was very romantic and stuff in that movie. And then you see this one, and there's there's no romance there. Yeah, it's it's this on steroids again. Like, uh-huh. it, the it's, a, it's a different style of filming. It's a different style of just 
it's a different acting style, but I, I, I enjoy both of them for different reasons, but this one is just so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other people that are in the movie, uh, Jonah Hill plays Donnie, who is Weo's, uh, Jordan Belfort's uh, accomplice pretty much through this whole process. He's with him from the beginning, and he gets it started, and he meets Leonardo DiCaprio in like a cafe, and Leonardo DiCaprio tells him that he made like $78,000 last week or whatever, and then... Uh, Jonah Hill's like, okay, I'll quit my job and like come work for you because obviously this is going to make me a lot of money. But he was really great in this movie. Um, he's still very like it's very over the top as well with his performance, and it's just exuding a lot of energy. But he got nominated for Moneyball, and I thought he was just as good in this, if not better, than he was in Moneyball. Mm-hmm. I love Jonah Hill, and uh, I saw an interview. He was on the recent the show Sunday Morning, and they did an interview, and he said how. He was very humble about it, but he said, I'm really glad that I was able to make some of this stupid potty humor movies. Um, those were his words. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, now I can do these serious roles and, and people are going to anticipate you to not be good at acting and, and you know, carry a role or be the side character. And, and he's really happy with how his reputation has turned out. And I would love if he got, I completely agreed with him getting nominated for Moneyball and I'd be happy if he got nominated for this one as well i'd be surprised if he didn't yeah Um, yeah i I think he's really really good in it um there are a couple scenes with i mean he's got a little bit of nudity in it at times uh Mm -hmm. he's there's he's got him doing drugs like it's just like whoa (laughs) like again a lot and it's not what you're expecting but um did he get like dentures or something to do this movie those were not his real teeth those couldn't have been prosthetics or i don't know what they're called when they're in your veneers i think they were veneers veneers okay yeah yeah. Uh, those are really funny Um, (laughs) they worked really well and his big glasses he had on it's just like he was just kind of this goofy guy but was really like serious as well Mm -hmm. and another person talking about somebody that started out with like a lot of comedies and people didn't take them serious but they're taking him serious now is matthew mcconaughey absolutely Um, especially after this year and all the stuff he's been in he did like the internship like last year with vince vaughn that was just dreadfully awful i heard but this year he's done (laughs) mud which came out earlier this year which i haven't seen but i've heard great things about uh dallas buyers club which he was excellent in and now this which he's in for maybe 10 15 minutes right at the beginning um, he's one of the first people that Leonardo DiCaprio goes and talks to to try and like figure out the whole thing. And he Matthew McConaughey works where Leonardo DiCaprio does for his first job, so that's how they know each other. But I thought he was good in this movie for the couple minutes that he was in it. Yeah, he's only in ten fifteen, but they're important because mm-hmm. it kind of shows. And this movie doesn't have a full arc of like Mr. Chips to Scarface kind of like Breaking Bad style, but there is this arc of lost innocence over it. And in the mm-hmm. first the first part of the movie, you see that like. Leo is just very mild-mannered and like, oh, I don't want to drink, he says at a restaurant, things like that. And that's where he's with McConaughey, and McConaughey is the opposite of that, and he kind of yeah. corrupts him. And that's really interesting. So he, it, it is billed that McConaughey is like the third guy in this movie. Uh-huh. He's not, but uh, he's really good in it when he is in it. I, I thought oh, he was yeah. fantastic. He stole that whole scene. I actually thought he was more interesting to watch during that first scene than, than Leo was. The fast, only time that very, he was more yeah, interesting. Yeah, very fast talker. Yeah. Oh, and there's, yeah. There's one part where he like starts singing this really this weird <laughs> song, which is one of the funniest moments in the movie. And DiCaprio is just like sitting there like, what are you doing? And then mm-hmm. he's like, no, join in with me. And that's kind of where he, he st- as you said, well, he starts kind of going down that path to get corrupted. So even though it's a funny mo- moment, it's also a very serious moment in the story as well. Um, I don't know if I'm going to say her name right because I don't think she's been in anything else that I've ever seen, but I think her name is Margot mm-hmm. Robbie. She played Naomi, who is Jordan Belfort's Leo's eventual wife. Um, I don't really know what to think about her performance. Like she was good, but I don't. I just really don't know like what made her stand out. Because with you have people like DiCaprio and Jonah Hill that are just really, really out there, but I don't know what, like why. 
She was mainly used for visuals, um, so she was a pretty face to look at. I know about her. Um, I was interested in finding out about her. Her name it is Margot Robbie. Okay. She's 23 years old, younger than me. Freaks me out that she could do this role and looks the way she does. And um, but they were uh, originally they thought about Diane Kruger, who's a, who's a little bit older and is beautiful in her own right and well respected. Um, but Margot Robbie came in. Someone someone knew her and told her to come in, and she did like a screen test with Leo, and Leo immediately was like, "That's." That's the girl. And she said she was really, she hated the character, but by the end there was an expletive, so I can't put it in the sentence, but in this interview that I saw, she was just like, this is it. I don't care. I love this woman, and I can't, I can't wait for this to be my first role where it's a big, big thing. I feel bad for Margot's parents if they watch this movie. <laughs> oh, and this gosh. is like their first movie their daughter's <laughs> been in, and it's really a big deal. And mm-hmm. like some of the things she does in this movie is just, are the reasons why it got a, an R rating. It's insane. So... Other people that were in this movie, Kyle Chandler, uh, who was in Friday Night Lights, plays um, an FBI agent. He's one of my – I really like him as an actor. He's kind of underrated, and he doesn't really get a lot of recognition for stuff, but I really like him in some of the stuff he's been in. And then also there's Rob Reiner in this movie who plays DiCaprio's dad, and he is one of the funniest characters in this movie. Like from his opening lines, his opening lines just make you crack up. Like mm-hmm. he's he's so funny in this movie, and I thought he did a really good job. You learn a lot about Leo from the relationships he holds with other people. And his dad's definitely one of those. The way they talk, the language <laughs> they use, the <laughs> motives they have. Like, those are all crucial to who Leo is becoming. And it's just fantastic to see the point where Leo's character, Jordan Belfort, becomes a little crazier than maybe his dad used to be. And his dad notices that and is like, whoa, this is not okay. Yeah. But it's too late. So, I, I, Rubber is really, really good in it. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau was in this movie as well. Uh, he did the Iron Man movies, like directed them, and he also directed Elf as well. Um, he's in Elf for a few minutes. I think he is in all of his movies. He does the little M. Night Shyamalan cameo uh-huh. thing. Um, but he was pretty good in this movie as his character. And another guy that really started out was John John Dujardin, who was in The Artist, um, but is in this movie as a Swiss banker. And he is just really good in his role. Again, somewhat of a minor role, but as you said, Will, like the relationships Jordan Belfort holds with every other character really shapes him. And this is one of those relationships as well. And I thought Jean Didardin did a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we see him in the like the artist and he's not talking. And then you get to, I, I didn't even recognize that it was him at first, which I'm embarrassed about, but he, he's really good in it. He, he brings this kind of, subtlety like he, he's willing to be secret about what leo's doing but also like you get the sense that he doesn't fully trust him and it's just cool to see how that relationship works it, it all takes place in switzerland when they meet and just seeing leo fly there and the way he chooses to fly there um <laughs> it's it's really interesting it's another good performance the whole cast i mean scorsese at this point commands so much uh, everyone wants to work with him. I mean, he's yeah. he's been nominated for what four out of his last five movies or something like that. He's he's the man, and he's really good. And the audience reactions to this, I think, could change that a little bit, mm-hmm. depending on what he decides to do next. But if if Scorsese calls you up and says, "I want you to be in my movie," what are you gonna say? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. When do I meet you? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but he did a really good job, and it's a really different role, as you said, Will, from like the artist, where he's kind of this happy character, and you like he's really lovable and everything, and the artist, and then in this movie, he's like really serious. And the only reason I recognized him is because like I had heard his voice from interviews and stuff. But like you said, if like because he didn't talk in the artist, I wouldn't have known that, that was him if I hadn't heard his voice before. Um, the script is pretty good. It never slows down, as we've talked about. It's a roller coaster ride all the way to the end of the movie. It's also pretty funny. Um, one thing I liked is the costumes and the set design is very well done. The editing 
is good and the cinematography is just classic Martin Scorsese he has that signature style and that is throughout this whole movie but just a few minor things of the movie that I really liked is there anything else you guys liked about it I, I think we need to bring up how polarized the reactions were I mean in the audiences and stuff like that I yeah that's <laughs> a good that's a good point there were even just in the theater we saw it in mm-hmm. walking out uh, we all saw it together we were walking out and people were like did you see like did you just get out of <laughs> Wolf of Wall Street did you come out of that one and we were like yeah and they were like whoa <laughs> like are you as overwhelmed as we are like overwhelming I think is a great word it, it's exhausting and people just I can't even name another movie that it would no. that this is like and we even there was a couple that walked out of the movie and I wasn't sure if they were because we were like an hour and a half in I thought that's really odd but they never came back um, I would never walk out of it but I think too a lot of that is because I really love film and, and study those things and can take that but it was excessive that's the, that is the best word to use for it and it's not just our uh, our theater I mean all, all over the internet people are giving it two out of ten ten out of ten like people it's love it so over all over the place yeah, yeah mm-hmm. people are saying that a lot of conservatives are drawing away from its imdb score its rotten tomato score things like that uh which is still pretty high the critics seem to have scored this movie higher than the audience which i don't think i've that's that not happens. that doesn't no. happen very often. Like Rolling Stone gave it four stars out of four, and they mm-hmm. called it one of their best movies they've seen this year. So I mean, yeah. How? Um, but Rolling Stone is true. That makes sense to me. I mean, Rolling Stone is so, so out there, yeah. Oh, yeah. This would be and their, crazy. their movie. For yeah. Sure. Um, wh- how did it do at the Golden Globes? I don't. I, I saw that somewhere. Do you know? If um, it got a nomination for best do... comedy or musical. Yeah. Which... And it got a nom. Leo got a nomination for best actor in comedy or musical. Golden Globe splits it up between dramas and comedies right. or musicals. So, so they consider this a comedy, I guess, yeah. which is kind of interesting. Um, but I know that they didn't, when they sent this movie out for consideration for the Golden Globes, they only sent it out like two days before the votes were all due. Okay. So I know that was, a lot of people are saying the reason it didn't get as much publicity for that. Yeah. And I don't know how that's going to translate to the Oscars. I don't know. Because they people, don't. People are going to have a little bit more time to see it, but it's still, it's going to be, it'll be interesting how that works. I also don't even know that I would consider it a, a full comedy. Um, no, I wouldn't either. Not for this. I, I would put it in the drama category. I think probably. it was a drama. Yeah, and the Golden Globes they also had like Nebraska was a comedy, I think. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, it's weird how that they split up the category. That category is so different. I think that needs, something needs to be done about that. Um, so some things I didn't like, like we've already talked about, it's like just a little bit too much. It's actually maybe a lot of too much and they push the envelope a lot. And I really didn't like that. Um, sometimes it's okay if movies do that, but in this movie it was just like excruciatingly exhausting. Uh, a little bit uncomfortable to watch it. Um, at some points also, it felt like a little long at three hours. Like, as you said, it moved pretty well, but there were some scenes that were just like kind of really, really good. And other ones that didn't live up to that level. And so those just kind of dragged on a little bit for me. But that was just some things I didn't like. Anything else you guys didn't like that we haven't already discussed? What? Go ahead, Katie. Oh, thanks. I was I was just going to talk about the language. I grew up in a family that language, you didn't really need it because there's other creative words that you could say and in a more eloquent way you could speak. Um, so I would say that that would bother a lot of people. If you're wondering about seeing it, you're definitely going to hear the F word more than you've probably ever heard it in your life. Um, it's going to become like commonplace once you're yeah. like into an hour and a half into yeah. the movie. You're like, oh, they dropped the F bomb again. Like it just becomes a part of the dialogue eventually. And it's not, I wouldn't say that it is necessary, but I think the reason they probably kept that in the script is because even that was used in excess. Like there was just 
the language had to be used in excess, just like the drugs and the sex and everything else. And it's important to note, like, how the movie arcs, the, it gets more and more intense as, like, the lifestyle gets more intense. And yeah. I did appreciate that parallel. Mm-hmm. I, could I did, s- too. I could see how it, it's getting crazier. He's doing more drugs. And then all of a sudden, like, everything is just wild on screen. And I got that symbolism. I really did. Mm-hmm. It just... It, it, it was a lot to take in. And one other thing I wanted to say about when they were screening at the Golden Globes, uh, for the Golden Globes, apparently, uh, so I read that a lot of people wa- a lot of people walked out of it. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of people really didn't like it. Apparently, after it, Scorsese and Leo were coming down an elevator, and they walked out, and some screenwriter went up to him and was just like, shame on you. Like, that was disgusting. Like, oh, they, and wow. just, like, really let him oh, have it in front God. of a lot of people. Wow. And I read, it, I read about that. I just thought that was really interesting. But people have that reaction. Some critics, yeah. a lot of audience members... And I don't know how that affects Scorsese. I don't know if he really cares at this point. Does he have to care? No. I don't know. He's 71. And I'm kind of, honestly, I this might contradict what I've been saying, but I'm I'm glad they made a movie like this. I don't, I don't think there's a lot made like this, and maybe it'll, I mean, definitely deters you we talked about from doing drugs ever. If you have ever been like, oh, I wonder if cocaine would ruin my life. Yes, it will. Yeah, it will. <laughs> yeah. I'm Very not, badly. I'm not trying to be like an RA about this. I'm just saying, like, it was, it, drugs ruined his life, and then, I thought th- that the the plot really moved because there were so many times you could see him contemplating, should I do this? Is this wrong? Have I gone too far? And he just kept going. Yeah, so it's really, really intense in that aspect. Uh, now moving on to an interesting category, um, Oscar nominations. Like we've already said, it's gotten a few Golden Globe nominations. The Oscars... I don't know because there's a lot of older people that are voters for the Academy um, and they sometimes appreciate these type of movies and sometimes they don't like they're going to like 12 years a slave is going to be a major contender. I would, I would say that 12 years a slave is also a very hard movie to watch. Not as hard as this one, but there are some scenes in 12 years a slave that are difficult, but that's more based on historical things. This also was based on a true story, but like that's more history based and the Academy likes those type of things. But I don't know if it'll get a nomination for best picture. There's so many movies that have been really good this year that I've really liked. This was, this was good, but it wasn't at the top of my list as some of the other ones are that could sneak in there. But I don't think this should get a best picture nomination over Nebraska, over inside William Davis, over uh, saving Mr. Banks. Like I think those should get in before this one probably does. I don't know what you guys think. I think this gets a Best Picture nomination. I do, um, for sure. I can't name 10 films off the top of my head that uh-huh. would, would get in before this one, so I think it will. Mm-hmm. I don't think it will compete to win by any means. No. I, I don't either. Not the bigger all. question for me is acting. Is Leo going to get yeah. a nomination, and could he win? And he's been snubbed so many times. It's almost a joke, and I not to me. I mean, I, I think he should have won five times before now. Um, but I don't know that this is the role that they're finally going to be like, let's give it to him over some of the other actors this year, like – like in 12 Years of Slave and stuff. Yeah, because yeah, w- the main people that are probably going to be in that category are Chiwetel Ejiofor for 12 Years of Slave. It's stacked. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruce Dern for Nebraska. Uh, Matthew McConaughey for Dallas Buyers Club. Oscar Isaac might for, for Inside for Louis Louis Davis. Davis. Robert Redford might for um, yep. Lost. Tom, Tom Hanks, Hanks for yeah. both Phillips. movies. Yeah. Yep. Um, so that's going to be a really hard category um, for him to get nominated in even, much less win. I mean, I would like to see him win. Again, he's never won an Oscar before, which I think is just shocking at this point in his career <laughs> yeah. with all the stuff that he's done. Um, but I, like you said, I don't know if this is the movie that d- gets it done for him as far as winning that Academy Award. It makes me wonder if he thinks about stuff like that before he accepts roles like this. And yep. if he thinks, like, that's crazy enough that I could maybe finally win an Oscar. And that's, if that's, a re- I mean, I'm not accusing him of that, but if that's the reason he does stuff like this, that's not good either. So I don't know what it's going to be that finally gets him that Oscar, but 
I don't, I don't, I'm agree with Katie. I don't know that this is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't want this to be it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If he gets one, like, you don't want it to be, like, this movie that no. he gets the one, the only Oscar of his career for. Yeah. You want it to be one, too, that everybody can see. This one, Good I point. mean, let's think, uh-huh. like, 5% of the nation is probably going to be able to see this and watch it over and over. And I, I want him to be recognized for one everybody loves. Yeah. That's a really good point. Like, I will not watch this movie again. Um, I liked it, but it's just too much to try and watch again. Um, next category, does Jonah Hill get a nomination for Best Supporting Actor? This is, again, a very tough category with Jared Leto, Michael Fassbender, um, some other people that I'm spacing on right now. Maybe Will Forte for Nebraska as well. I hope um, Will Forte for Nebraska. He's very good in that movie. Um, so I don't know if Jonah Hill gets a nomination or not. He did last year for Moneyball, mm-hmm. and I would say this performance is right up there with that one, if not better. This year of film is just so strong, and that's it what is. that's what's playing against all of these these mm-hmm. possible nominations. Because like if this was if this came out like a year or two ago, yeah. it would be they like, would get so many more nominations just because those were weaker years for movies. But this year's just so strong. I agree. And Jared Leto, I saw Dallas Buyers Club. Jared Leto blew me away in that movie, and I thought Jonah Hill was equally good. But I I think that those are going to be strong contenders for supporting. But I also don't know who's going to be put in the supporting category versus the acting, main acting. So. Uh, Scorsese could get a nomination for Best Director. It's Scorsese. I mean, he kind of just demands it based on his name recognition. Um, you also have the Coen brothers in that category. Steve McQueen for 12 Years a Slave, probably. Alfonso Curion, I think I said that right, for Gravity. Uh-huh. Um, and there's a few more. Alexander Payne for Nebraska. Um, he'll probably get in there as well. So that would be a tough category for Scorsese. I, I feel like he might get nominated, but I don't think he would win that category. I would. I doubt it. I don't think so. Th- yeah. yeah, I really don't think so. Um, and then another nomination that it will probably get is Best Adapted Screenplay. Um, that category it could win because um, this is based off of a book that Jordan Belfort wrote. But I don't know what else. I'm not really as knowledgeable on those categories as far as the actors and directors ones to see what else would actually get nominated. Do you know the that. screenwriter's name off the top of your head? I do not. I don't either, but I know he wrote um, – he's written for, like, The Sopranos. Okay. He's written for a lot of other cool stuff like that. He's This isn't his first, like, major thing, but it, I, it might be his first film. I'm not sure. I almost think this will get more recognition for the stuff besides acting. Like, if it's going to get recognition, it'll be screenplay or costume or something like that. Mm-hmm. Costumes are really good in this movie. That's mm-hmm. I don't think one thing that we mentioned, but they, I really like the costumes oh, in this yeah. movie. They're kind of the clothes, too, you never wanted to see again. Like, most of the stuff Jonah Hill wears, I'm like, that's the fad we don't want to come back. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's the same way with, like, I haven't seen American Hustle yet, but I've heard the costumes in, like, American Hustle are just, like, so, because it's really the good. 70s, and it's, like, over the top. So, um, but, yeah, that's those are my thoughts probably for Oscar nominations. Um, I'm going to give this movie a B. Um, I, I didn't love it. It wasn't my favorite movie I've seen this year. Definitely by far. Um, there's a f- way more up there than this one. And it was like really intense, which is why I got doc- knocked down a, f- a few points. And like, I don't know, I just didn't connect with it as much as I have some other movies that I've seen this year. And it was just like, oh, I'm watching this cause it's Scorsese and I like it, but I don't like love it. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, and I, I, from Katie's reaction over here, I think she's going to give it a B plus also. <laughs> I, I, I really liked it. Um, <laughs> And for me, the, the one thing I would say is that the how the spectacle of it almost overtook the acting and the writing and the directing mm-hmm. sometimes. And for me, that's what I don't always love in movies. So that it took over a little bit f- for that for me. So that's the reason I'm knocking it down a few pegs. But it's an experiment in film almost, and I applaud the idea for Scorsese to push himself artistically and try something new. So I, I did enjoy it. I'm going to give it a B+. 
I definitely agree with the, I'm giving it the B plus. Um, like I said, everything's excessive. So that's why I would knock it down a few pegs. It's not something I plan on purchasing to watch at home. But I love, um, I've always argued about film and theater and I love film. Um, I love when film can actually make you feel something. And this movie, I mean, if, no, if nothing else, even if you hate it, it makes you, it like takes you on this journey of, I don't ever want to do those things. It's excessive. And like, I felt like I hadn't been breathing for three hours by the end of it. So I do appreciate when they can make you do that. And if it doesn't get recognized at the Oscars, at least it was recognized here. And next time on the Silver Screen Podcast, we will review the movie Inside Will and Davis, the new Coen Brothers feature. Um, you can find the Silver Screen Podcast on iTunes, also on Stitcher Radio, uh, the TuneIn app, and the Zoom Marketplace as well. Also follow at the SS Podcast on Twitter. That's where episodes are up first. Um, iTunes and some of those other places take a few days to, to run it back through their system. So that's where you can find the episodes when they are first released. Um, go ahead and give your Twitter handles again because I forget them. <laughs> Will is six four three two. Will six four three two. You're absolutely. I right. got it right. At Will six four three two. Find me on Twitter. Katie's and is difficult. So <laughs> mine is Katie Miss Prime. Reference it to Optimus Prime if you want the Transformer. It's K A T I E M U S P R I M E. I just have one thing to say about your Twitter Twitter handle. Like you love movies and stuff, and you go off of something that Michael Bay has done, which uh, for Transformers. It was a joke between me and a friend. Actually, mm-hmm. he said that I could call him Rossatron if he could call me Katie Miss Prime. So okay, that's, then it makes it sense. Kind of like losing a bet then. is what that okay. was. Okay, <laughs> okay, yeah. that makes sense. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> No problem. Uh, So thanks very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us on the next episode of the Silver Screen Podcast. 